Hi, and welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. My name is Deb Crow, and I will be your host. Join me on this journey as we meet heart-centered leaders from all over the globe. Lots of interesting questions, interesting conversation, and find out what makes a leader. How do they handle uncertainty and complexity? How do they lead in a time that is volatile? Join us. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And I continue to be amazed with the talent and just connectivity of heart-centered leaders that I have met all over the globe as we launch into week 10 with the podcast. We are heading across the Atlantic Ocean today over to Birmingham, England, one of my favorite places. I have met this amazing entrepreneur once again on LinkedIn, and her name is Dani Savecker. She is the CEO and the founder of Glass, and Glass represents a global living alignment system. Danny has had many challenges and low points in her life, that, that true trajectory of entrepreneurial road, if you will, and I love that out of all that's happened to her, she created a framework called Glass. Her purpose is to inspire and I feel like I've met a kindred spirit. So, Dani, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I always love when I connect and meet with another entrepreneur who's gone through, you know, the worst and the best, the hardships. And I loved reading your story. And uh, I, I just want to jump right into the interview because there's so much that I want to hear from you. So here we go. Okay. You joined a family business, which was in business for a very long time, 106 years. And yeah. I know that you experienced many setbacks and then you had to make that decision to close that business. So my first leadership question is, what did you learn about yourself during that process and that time in your life? Um. I joined the family business. So the, the business was founded by my great grandfather and was very traditional and had been passed down the male line of the family. And I was the, um, the slight misfit that I joined because I had skills that they were looking for at the time. And I didn't believe that it was where I needed to be. I had always wanted to run my own business and I knew that, but I didn't know much else when I joined. And the journey that I had while the business was operating were, was probably the best apprenticeship that you can have. I got to um, spend time in all sorts of different departments. I can weld an electroplate, for example, as well as knowing how to look at a balance sheet. So I learned lots of, of tangible skills while I was in the business. But I think the things that I learned most about me were around the challenges of relationships and particularly working with family and and having to make really tough decisions on behalf of the family at times so um i ended up actually taking over the business i did a management buyout 
and it taught me that I had more courage and more strength than maybe many people had um, thought that I would be maybe because they just regarded me as the female of the family um, but I started to see that actually if you put your mind to something you can achieve pretty much anything you want and I needed that when it came to the very tough decision to close the business in 2009 so because of the economic downturn that I think many of us uh, will remember um, the business was effectively on a life support system at that point and I had to pull the plug so to speak and it taught me that while doing the right thing is important how you do that right thing really matters and then from there I knew that I needed to find my identity because I realized that what I was doing had formed my identity and I needed to discover who I really was and it was that opportunity of closing the business, not, not having a business card anymore when I would go to a networking event and I had to reinvent who I was, but it was a very freeing time. Um, I'm not saying that it was easy. It was probably one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever had to do, but in doing so, it allowed me to also learn about resilience and to share the story to, to many others and to connect and help many family businesses who were facing very similar circumstances so all of it my whole career has continued to define who i am because i believe that our identity is formed by our experiences and so it's it's always changing i'm always learning well i love that because if we're not learning we're not growing we're not evolving and i love what you said about reinventing and how freeing it is and I want our listeners to know that we align and, and we hear what they say, because sometimes when you're in that valley, I always say growth comes from the valley. You don't sometimes recognize the reinvention and the freeing comes kind of aftermath when you're, when you're looking back and kind of trying to get to some kind of resolve with your emotions and feelings of what have happened. So thank you for sharing that. My second question is, what imperfections do you think you've brought to your leadership? Oh, I've brought all of them. <laughs> um, I believe that leadership starts with self-leadership. So who you are will determine the leader that you are. And I embrace the positives and the negatives. The framework and the, the, um, the method that I created within GLATS is all around balance. And so with balance, you have to accept that there are also, um, when you don't have something, so an insufficient amount of something, and you have too much of something. So for example, in the mid-ground is, is confidence, self-confidence. But we, when we don't have confidence, we have doubt. And I certainly have had that. Um, we need a little doubt at times, but if you live in a space where you are always in doubt, everything is built upon that. And equally with confidence, you can have too much, which we describe to our clients as force. And, and I've certainly been in that category as well at times where I've overly forced things. I'm no longer in my comfort zone. I feel... Um, I guess the imposter syndrome is a very good example of that. And, and I've certainly had that. 
I think the willingness to share those vulnerabilities has, has become almost a superpower. The willingness to stand on stage and, and say what it's like um, to make your a family member redundant, so a very traditional leadership thing of we need to make redundancies, but then to share what it was like when that person being your uncle tore your children's photographs and put them in his bin and to share how still to this day that that moves me to tears the 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 dramatic impact that that's had and and i think all of those lessons i, I bring my whole self in terms of leadership um, we describe our team which is a global team as being family family like we're not related although i do work for my husband as well but I think bringing all of those attributes to the table is really important and, and leading as a parent, the same thing, to let your children know that we get it wrong, we make mistakes, um, makes it acceptable for them to make mistakes as well and, and not harshly judge themselves. And I think those things are so intertwined with me. Leadership is a whole of life experience. Well, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted you on the podcast, because I truly see you as a heart-centered leader. I think we have to model, whether it's as the CEO and the founder of our businesses or a podcast or as a mother, we have to show the good and the bad. And we also have to talk about you know, those hills and valleys. There's no successful entrepreneur out there who hasn't had them. And I think being open and being vulnerable and leading with all those heart-centered leadership traits that you possess, and I know that you use every day, I think is just a wonderful example. Now, I want to move into talking about family businesses, because again, we're kindred spirits, you and I. My father also had a business. And when you're working with family in a business, it's so important to strike the right balance. And you have just talked about that. I know it's kind of the central repository for the glass framework that you've created, but it's all about setting boundaries and really establishing clear and concise regular methods of communication. And sometimes it's hard to treat it like a business. So my question is, what advice would you provide to someone starting up a new family business based on your own experience and leadership development? It's a great question. Um, I will often talk about family businesses. I think, first of all, people don't realize how many there are in the world, that 90% of the world's enterprises are actually family businesses. Um, so they are in incredibly important to the world economy and employment and so on so they're, they're a vital part of, of everything um, and for me it taught me so many so many life lessons um, but what's interesting is when I hear people talk about deliberately setting out to start a family business it, it, not many start out to be family businesses they evolve and become family businesses um, as they're passed on to children or, um, or a, a partner will suddenly join their, their spouse, for example, in the business because it started to grow and they needed help. So generally they, they evolve in a very organic way. And I think because of that, 
people very often miss putting in the structures that are necessary um, to stay on course. So the biggest thing for any family business is alignment. And it's about everybody bringing, it's sort of a cognitive diversity, everybody bringing the best ingredients to make the best cake possible, um, if that makes sense. And when you have a founder of a business, they usually are very clear in the purpose of that business. But because we're family members, it's not always um, very clear what that purpose is and, and what the role is that we can all play in contributing to that um, purpose. And what happens is we have mixed agendas starting to, to happen. And so you, you touched on one of my, um, my big things, communication. It's so important to be able to communicate in different different ways at different times so we play multiple roles when we're in family businesses we can be co-directors we can be um, co-shareholders we can be a husband wife we can be son daughter um, siblings cousins parent child and all of those different relationships have different requirements and so we often teach people different strategies from for communication but from that lesson of family business it's i've always been amazed at actually everybody needs to improve their communication um there's so many times when we go if we consider that the aligned and balanced version of relationships is harmony when we don't have that we can veer into um tension and I see that a lot with clients that I work with, but almost the worst version of that in family businesses is pretend, where we try overly to present uh, a sense of harmony and we don't have those difficult conversations. And what seems like just a bit of a, a problem today, if we leave misalignment over time, it, it can break. And, and certainly we had that within um, within a hundred years of running our manufacturing business, there were certainly times where I can identify that misalignment and how it was left and it festers and it becomes like a tumor. And um, we need to act on these things quickly to bring them back into alignment so we can move forward, hopefully together. Well, I fully agree with you and I'm a neuroscience lover. And cognitive diversity is, it's powerful, it's needed, and everybody brings their own strategy to that equation that you just talked about. So fully agree with that. Now, my last question, I just want to share with the listeners, you have created the GLASS system. And again, it represents and stands for Global Living Alignment System. And you have a foundation of seven elements, and I would love to share with the listeners what they are. Who we are and our identity, how we relate to ourselves, other people, and things, how we spend our time, our activities, results, our interaction with the external world and the impact, the overall sense of purpose and meaning, the leading direction that connects all elements, and the last one is what drives and influences our behavior. 
I love both the language and the model of glass, and I really feel the foundation is self-care, which I also love. Mm -hmm. And your own life and business has experienced and crafted this, this amazing system. So my question is, did you find your new purpose when you were in the valley? Or I, I'll frame it as one of the hardest times of your life. And I would love for you to share with the listeners where you're at right now with COVID-19 and, and your outlook because you have beautifully created this system. So I'd love for you to share with us a little bit of, of your own innerness, if you would. Okay. Um, well, thank you very much for, for so beautifully going through what the framework is. Um, it, I quite often will explain to people that the, the methodology and the framework took about 25 years to develop. Um, I lived it, I researched it, I refined it, I lived it personally. Um, my husband and I, for example, use the framework every day as a communication system. Um, my daughter had a, an operation on her foot and we use the framework to prepare her for the operation. Um, my children and I, um, who range from 22, um, then I've got a 20 year old and a 13 year old, we use it as a family um, at, at the end of the day at dinner to be able to navigate and understand where everybody's coming from. So we literally live and use this every day. And, um, the purpose piece, my purpose, my personal purpose is to inspire. And in terms of articulating that and being very clear and being able to say that word to you, that, that came to me once I de developed the framework. So um, the framework has, has been um, glass for probably um, about seven years now. But that purpose is something that I believe we are gifted in our being it's part of our soul um, it's always with us I get very frustrated when people say to me that their purpose is their business or their their children um, know that's what you do or it's the relationships you have your purpose is something unique and very special to you that is far bigger than you it's a gift that you can send out into the world and also receive back um, and if I think back, I was a very shy child, incredibly shy. Um, I'd be at the back of the classroom and not want to speak to anybody. And, um, but actually inspire was always in me. Um, if there was something happening where somebody was being bullied or treated unfairly, regardless of how I felt about me, I would feel myself instinctively step forward and and try and help them and share with them and and I didn't know the word was inspire at the time but now I look back it was always there and every client I work with where we help reveal what their purpose is they can always trace it back through their life um, so I think that's really important and and where I am now and through COVID um, I think one, having gone through the economic crash of 2008, 2009, has certainly armed me with more resilience. 
if I could get through that, then I could pretty much get through anything. And just to say my husband lost his business at the same time in 2008. So we both um, had that experience and we have both grown using the framework. We use this all the time. So we feel that we're equipped now. Um, and so when COVID um, sort of took hold in, I guess, March for the UK, um, I always believe we have a choice. We, we can't control what happens outside of us. That's the external impact element of glass. But we have a choice and we can have hope and we can be kind. And we can use our gifts, and by gifts, I mean the experience we've had and, and the resilience and the courage that we've been taught. And we can use what we're passionate about. And they're things that we teach people all the time. Those are the connectors of glass. And it seemed obvious to me to be able to help people using the framework. So we created an assessment that people can use free of charge. They get a free report. And I will give a personal audio walkthrough. So I will make sure that they know that this is not some kind of automated, robotic, data collecting thing. This is about equipping people with a structure and a system that I believe has never been needed more than, than right now. Not just because of COVID, but because of obesity, um, depression, mental health challenges and people need to know that if they look after themselves as you said the self-care then everything can be better and we believe in helping people to do better be better and feel better well again i i just love that and i i'm i continue to be amazed by the people that are put on my path and I'm meeting for this podcast. And I'll say it again, uh, you are a heart-centered leader. I believe the framework of glass possesses all the traits within being a heart-centered leader. And I think what you're doing is, is just phenomenal. And, and I look forward to, to learning more about glass. And uh, I just think back that if you didn't go through all of those different hardships and those peaks and valleys, we wouldn't be here right now. So there's always a story. So thank you for sharing. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. I like to end my podcast with the fab four. So this is four quick questions and just whatever answer is just sitting on the top of your mind. So here we go. Okay. I know when you were younger, you were a competitive ice skater. What did you learn from that sport that you feel serves you well today? Two things. Um, what you put into an edge or a jump, you get out. Um, just as you do in life, what you put in, you get out. And when you fall down, get back up again. Love that. Resilience. Mm. I'm going to give you a time capsule for 2020 and you get to put one item in it to represent 2020. What would you put in the time capsule before you bury it? A candle, a candle for light and hope. Oh, I love that. Number three, what is your favorite quote and why? Be the change you wish to see in the world because I believe in it. And my last one is, this is my most favorite, especially to hear your <laughs> answer. What do you want your legacy to be? 
inspiration. It's, um, it's really easy for me that as long as I have inspired people in whatever way is right for them, then I have lived my purpose and that's all I can, anybody can really do. Well, and you so eloquently say that your purpose is to inspire and you've inspired me and I've just loved interviewing you on the podcast and I look forward to continued conversations and to see all the great work that you're doing. So thank you for spending time with me today. Well, thank you to the universe for allowing our paths to cross. Absolutely. I like to end the podcast with kind of my list of five things that I think we all should have to, to, leave a per, to lead a purposeful life. Follow your heart, have passion, do your best, know your truth, and always be in love with the journey. This is Deb Crow. Thank you for joining me again on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast.